I got a big bubble that's about to burst. <laughs> and I have more Warner Baxter info than you ever needed. Oh, Warner Baxter! Warner Baxter! It's me. <laughs> Is it true that he only came into meetings at Hollywood uh, on a massive silk curtain or by plunging a dagger into a ship's sails? <laughs> he came smashing in the... through the windows and landed on the boardroom yeah. table occasionally. What a Warner Baxter. Baxter here. One hand on the hip. <laughs> Hooray! I'm going to... Oh, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's Jake Yap, I'm Nat Tapley This is the podcast, we discuss things from the past and decide which is best um, yep, That's it That's it, isn't it? I'm yep. going to take you to the 29th of March, 1461 And the Battle of Towton You know, that big battle which you really know all about Mate, it's in my top Does... 20 <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, top four civil wars. <laughs> no, you're so good at these. You're so good at this. I can't take it. Yeah, is he sitting right there inside me? Um, the it was the largest <laughs> and bloodiest battle ever to occur on English soil. So we probably should know about it. And it was the final battle of the Wars of the Roses. And I'm going to explain what the Wars of the Roses were, if I can, in a couple of minutes, using uh, Hollywood stars as stand-ins for all the people involved. So, the Wars of the Roses, which are really quite important and led to lots and lots of people dying, started because Edward III, who let's assume in this case is Timothy West, um, old Timothy West, um, he was quite popular and powerful when he was younger, but he's now a bit decrepit. He had too many sons. Uh, but his first son was the brilliant one, who was the Black Prince, who let's call George Clooney. He was George Clooney, everyone loved him, he was good at wars, he was good at everything, he was going to be a great king. Unfortunately, he died just before his dad did leaving his son Richard II in charge. And Richard II is the one I like and no one else likes. Let's make him William H. Macy in that he uh, <laughs> was quite nice. But I keep wondering where Sam West is coming into this. I, I no. just assumed this was part of the Tim West dynasty. No, Sam West is right. not. So Edward III stupidly had five sons, all of whom survived to adulthood. He also had two daughters, but we don't talk about them because... You know, yeah, frankly... Because history is pretty yeah. misogynistic. Um, so we've got the Black Prince, George Clooney. Um, then his younger brother... Dead. Lionel. Lionel of Antwerp, who was seven mm. feet tall. So he's Andre, Andre the Giant, really. He doesn't do much. He's just seven feet tall and doesn't say much. Uh, <laughs> John of Gaunt, who is a bit more sly. Let's call him Ed Harris. Uh, Edmund... Edmund of Langley, who's Tom Hiddleston, and Thomas of Woodstock, who essentially just gets really cross and smashes things all the time. Uh, it's Gary Oldman. <laughs> um, oh, I did say Ray Winston to begin with, but I think he's a little bit cleverer, so he became Gary, Gary Oldman later on. Okay. So George Clooney dies, and his son, William H. Macy, takes over. <laughs> <laughs> and the other five don't like that. Andre the Giant, Ed Harris, Tom Hiddleston, and Gary Oldman barge into his room and shout at him when he's 12 years old and they hate him and they try and get rid of him and John of Gaunt uh, hates him and his son is Vin Diesel, Henry IV he wasn't Henry IV at the time, it was Henry Bolingbroke and Henry Bolingbroke was essentially just large and meaty and not very interesting, uh, but he supplanted his cousin, Richard William H. Macy, on the throne. Everyone was very happy because they had a big, strong, beefy man on the throne now, rather than a weedy part Frenchman who kept on telling us to use forks. He introduced the fork to Britain. <laughs> 
Uh, Vin Diesel. So he's to blame. Yeah. Vin Diesel then ruled for a while in quite a stolid <laughs> and silent style until his own son, uh, who was like him but even better looking and even better at beating up the French, uh, wanted to take over. That's Henry V, Chris Hemsworth. Would that be like Enrique Iglesias? Yes. <laughs> if he's like younger and better looking yes, than the... Vin Diesel. I've got okay. Chris Hemsworth here, but that's fine. Enrique Iglesias. And okay. he ruled and he beat the French and he, we all like him because he won the Battle of Agincourt. And so we all go, yay, Henry V. Oh, yes, look at um, Laurence Olivier played him and uh, Kenneth Branagh played him in the film. Um, and he stupidly had a son uh, who was mad and rubbish, Henry VI. Um, so imagine Emo Phillips to be him. Oh, but you love Emo Phillips. <laughs> I, I do love Emo Phillips. He would be a terrible king for beating up the French, though. He can be played by Emo Phillips. Right. Would that be more like Keith Allen? Yes. All right, Keith. Uh, sort of, you know, not, not much in the way of substance. Yes. There's nothing much to him. Now, Edmund... Do you remember Edmund, who was Tom Hiddleston? When Richard II oh, yeah, was overthrown. Right. Yeah. Let's go back to him. Yeah. We're going to go how, are you, how are you finding social st- distancing now? <laughs> I'm just imagining all of these people living in my house. Yeah. Um, Edmund, so Edmund of Langley, who was Tom Hiddleston, he was Richard II, William H. Macy's uh, friend, but he swapped sides to Vin Diesel's side. So he was treacherous. Um, that's all you need to know about him. So he, sort of, son, he went from... Ocean's Eleven we, to The Fast and the Furious. <laughs> he did. Franchise. He moved to a much bigger franchise yeah. and uh, flourished because of it. Uh, his son was Richard of Cambridge. We don't really talk about him. Um, not really memorable. So he's Jason Sudeikis in this uh, analogy because no one can really identify him if Paul Rudd's in the room. And then he had a son who was Richard of York. Who was the Richard of York? Who was the Richard of York who gave battle in vain? Who let's make him invented rainbows? Richard Bryars. Uh, <laughs> he's okay. lots of fun, and so how ironic because he would always whistle the middle eight from somewhere over the rainbow. Yes, there you go. So he decided to go to war with Emo Phillips to see who could be the king. Um, they had lots of fighting, um, oh, no. and when Emo Phillips died, uh, Richard Bryars got them to Parliament to write a uh, write out a will which said that he could be the king next. But he stupidly chased someone out of Sandal Castle at the Battle of Wakefield and got killed a couple of weeks later, um, leading to his son, Hulk Hogan, Edward IV, taking to the field at the Battle of Towton, which is what we started talking about, leading to the longest and bloodiest battle ever to have happened in England. Uh, lasted three hours. Someone between 9,000 and 30,000 people were killed. Margaret of Anjou was defeated. Finally, the Yorkists were victorious in the Wars of the Roses. And that is all you need to know about the Wars of the Roses. There's probably more than you need to know about the Wars of the Roses. <laughs> probably <laughs> distinctly more. Feel free to edit that down. You just press fast forward halfway through. That'll be That's fine. just as useful. Where does Tom Conti come into all of this? Tom Conti can be Richard III. No, he no, can be... don't, don't. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> right. I've got the 29th of March, 1999. Ooh. Um, where some people are partying like it is. In fact, all of the people who've got money in the Dow Jones Industrial Average, mm. because for the first time in history, it's closed above the 10,000 mark. Nice. I don't know that's Deutsche Marks, but it's it's nope. a great time. It's and arbitrary marks. People are having a, a great time. In fact, they celebrated on the trading floor wearing party hats. <laughs> that's always a good look. Yeah. That's what we want to see when we look at capital. One year later... 
yeah. a magazine called Barons, to which I suspect you don't subscribe, Nats. I don't, not uh, being a Baron for, myself. For, for big people with, with money, mm. uh, it had a cover article called Burning Up, Warning, Internet Companies Are Running Out of Cash, Fast. No. And lots of people were like, mm, I think I might sell out. Mm. And then there was an announcement from a big uh, internet company saying um, they might have to uh, revise their profits and stuff in their stock, which had gone from $7 a share to $333 a share in a year, mm, fell 62% in a day. Oh. A year and a half later, Pets.com went out of business mm-hmm. and the bubble had burst. The dot-com bubble oh. was over. Most internet stocks had declined in value by 75%, wiping out $1.75 trillion. <laughs> of value. Time to put the party hats oh. back in the cases. But it all worked out fine because Boo.com, which everyone laughed at for being the biggest waste of money during that period, uh, currently it still exists. You can still get things from it. All you had to do was yeah. pretend that you weren't losing loads of money and eventually everyone forgot and started believing in that's, you again. That's, well, that's the model I'm adopting. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about my, <laughs> have I told you about my ancillary part in the dot-com boom? Uh, no. Well, I will do it oh, another time. This- Okay, then. Uh, I look forward to it. <laughs> it's a terrible story. The hell? Oh, my God. Nat Bezos. Why did I never put yeah, that yeah, together? Never did. Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday to Warner Baxter, who won, Warner Baxter! <laughs> who won the Academy Award for Best Actor in 1928, appearing as the Cisco Kid, having replaced old rabbit jumpy eye whoever he was um, oh yeah the guy who's the jack rabbit jumped in front of his car and he <laughs> smashed lost through his, his eye. eyesight yeah. um yeah. he went on to play the crime doctor in 12 films starring the crime doctor <laughs> in 1936 he was the highest paid actor in hollywood and by 1943 he was pretty much unemployable he also wow. invented a searchlight for revolvers so that you could sh- see at whom you were shooting um <laughs> he invented <laughs> he invented a radio device uh, so that emergency vehicles could go through red lights, which he installed somewhere um, in L.A. Um, from two blocks away, they had to press a button, then it would change the light ahead of them so that they could just go through green lights. Um, That's good. Yeah. Um, so he invented That's those great. two things. He also ended up having a lobotomy for his chronic pain. So that's wow. not such a great ending to that story. Although wow. apparently for some people... Wow, we're... Yeah. Lobotomies weren't that bad. Swear by it. Yeah. Have a couple of lobotomies if the first one doesn't take. Yeah. Yeah. I had to go doing one with a compass, but I don't think I've got it in far <laughs> enough. Um, I have a death for you, Ooh. Agnes Varda. Mm. Are you familiar with her work? No. She died last year. Oh. Uh, and she is amazing. She um was a filmmaker, and she, she's very much seen as some call her the grandmother, some call her the mother of the Nouvelle Vague, mm. or the new vague films. Yeah. Uh, no, the new wave uh, <laughs> in France. Um, and she's 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 brilliant. She made I would I would recommend you have a look at one of her much 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 later films mm. uh, from the year two thousand, uh, the Gleaners and I, Les Glaneurs et la Glaneuse. Oh, wow where she finds out about uh, gleaners, people who go and kind of pick over the Fields. residual crops left over, yeah, once a field has been harvested. Mm. And it's just a really beautiful kind of 
poetic. It's like a film poem, and that's what makes it sound terrible. Uh, but it's it's just a lovely thing. She <laughs> no, you want to you see know, that she's French kind of, film poem when you first watch it, you think, fields. oh, she's a batty old lady. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and then you kind of realise actually she's amazing and she's got a really nice soul. And I would say mm. uh, that uh, after Jill Soloway's talk about the female gaze, which if you haven't seen it. Go and find it online. Uh, Jill Soloway is the partner of Hannah Gadsby. Mm. And she does this talk about the nature of the female gaze because uh, I think it was Laura Mulvey, the feminist Mm -hmm. film critic, talked about the nature of the male gaze and how everything really on cinema that you see is seen through a male gaze. The way a camera looks at a woman or or the way it portrays a man or whatever, mm. who's the protagonist, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's all seen through a very male eye. And she was, and so uh, Jill Soloway was asked to make, to do a talk about what, what would the female gaze be? And she basically kind of says, I don't know, because we never had it. Mm. But it's a fantastic, really funny, terribly honest and just, brilliant thing that informs everything I do now. It, for me, it was a seismic change and this realisation that I know nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Other people have known that about me for years, but I, <laughs> I, didn't, like to say I didn't know until I saw that. It was a real awakening. Um, it's really great. And it's funny. The point is, it's, it's really, really funny. Um, but I would say that Agnes Varda epitomises the female gaze. If, if it exists, I would say Agnes Varda is the person who Brilliant. Has realised it. So there. So go and watch. All right. Yes. That's your homework. Okay. Everyone come back tomorrow. tomorrow. There will be a test. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, take care of yourselves. Uh, If you haven't subscribed, uh, do think about it. why not? I mean, you've got a lot on at the moment. If not, subscribe. Yep. Yeah, if if you're not not so very busy uh, right now. Mm. We'll be back with more tomorrow. We will. Take care of yourselves. Uh, Enjoy Joe Wicks tomorrow if you're doing it. (laughs) I know, but he punched himself in the mouth and you have to respect that. I know, that was quite good. Yeah. Can't suspect... I do suspect that putting that many people simultaneously through the sort of workout they're not used to may lead to greater strain on the health services rather than less, however. Well, he is donating all the money to them, isn't he? Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. So... The fact that he causes 900 cardiac arrests between... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) And raise about 240 quid. No, he's he's doing brilliant stuff. I'm, I'm a big fan. Yes. yes. Uh, so anyway, that's it. I'm less of a now. big fan. For, yes. For yeah, half an hour uh, every day, I'm less of a big fan, but I'm yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the two-minute hate. Okay, all right, bye. Uh, bye, 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 b